Hey, hi, I'm Bonnie. Welcome to this podcast, Make Joy Normal, where we chat about homeschooling and family life. With my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, we address your questions and topics in a way that can create more joy in our lives. Please submit any questions you have by email or voice message in the links in the show notes. If you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend, like, or leave us a review. That's how we get the word out. Thanks for trying to make joy normal in your own life. Uh, Good evening to our listeners. We just want to remind people to submit your questions at the link in the show notes. Uh, You can submit your questions by voice or you can email them in. Uh, Thank you for all of those who have submitted questions. It's been really lovely to to uh, have that available to us. Voice is really great for me. I love uh, responding via voice pipe as well, which is fun. Just, yeah, keep your questions coming. We, we love responding to them. So good evening, Elizabeth. Good evening. Elizabeth has her daughters with her this evening. So uh, if you hear Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> and there she is. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, she knows. That was a cue. Like <laughs> <laughs> She picked that up right away. <laughs> I know. Hello, sweetheart. You guys can't see us, but she just has her hand down Elizabeth's shirt. So. <laughs> That's yeah. cozy. Hey, that's really funny because the last episode I did with Christina, yeah. her sons were in it. That last, at the end of the episode, her sons were Hi. <laughs> Hello, sweetheart. Hi. <laughs> We've had some questions submitted and uh, you were going to bring those uh, to this episode? Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, we'll just jump right in. Sure. So I'll go ahead and read the entirety of this text question. Sure. Um, My kids are still under the age of 10, but I want to prepare for bedtime as they get older. How do you navigate bedtime as kids become teenagers and want to stay up later? I want to give them flexibility without simultaneously draining them, draining myself. (laughs) And having them stay up too late on a regular basis. What would your guidelines be? Thank you. Right. Yeah, this is a, I thought this was a really good question because I think it's always good to be sort of looking to the future. And I think that, you know, for us, that there was no hard and fast rules. You know, we liked the kids to be in bed even as they got to be older. We liked them to be in their rooms at least, you know, by a certain time or whatever. As they got to be older teens and they wanted to be coming and hanging out with us more that was a bit of an adjustment when it first started, but then we recognized that this is an amazing time with our kids, and it was really the crux of of the big, big, big benefits of homeschooling that we actually get that our teens a want to sit and and uh, talk about big things with us or interesting things with us uh, in the evening, and also that that we have the opportunity to do that, right? They're not busy, you know, trying to get their homework done or, or out with their school friends or whatever. So we felt like we had to kind of go through a transition period of, is this okay? How late can they stay up? The fact that they got us for a while on their own after the littler kids had gone to bed, you know, meant for, for some really meaningful discussions. I look back on that and I, I really value that we had the opportunity to do that. So I think sort of, it's a, it's an adjustment and it's slow, but it doesn't feel slow at the time, you know, that you're, it suddenly feels like they're, they're 13 and they're wanting to sort of push the limits a little bit. And then they're 14 and then they're 15 and between the ages of 13 and 18, that's only five years. And then they're out of the house. I would say some of the best conversations we ever had were those ones where we allowed 
our kids to just to hang out with us, right? I would say they were older teens when that happened, you know, 15, 16, 17, something around there. Uh, as younger teens, we still felt it was important for them to to go to bed at a decent time, you know, lights out by 10 or, or something like that. But again, it's tricky because the more kids you have, if the 16-year-old is staying up and chatting, then the 14-year-old wants to stay up and chat. And so, you know, kind of goes down the, the path like that. So you have to sort of make a decision at some point is like, you know what, okay, I need you to be in bed at a certain time. Um, you know, these guys are going to stay up a little longer. But I think that we have to really feel that out. And the reality is that some kids just need more sleep than others. If you say something like, you know, listen, you're going to be cranky tomorrow if you don't go to bed, you know, stay up once in a while, but don't stay up every night and, and chat with us. So I think that we have to, we sort of have to move into that carefully. You know, when we have open dialogue with our kids, she doesn't need as much sleep as you do. So if you want to be getting up at a decent time and getting your schoolwork done or getting whatever we're doing tomorrow, then, you know, you need to think about going to bed, but trying to not have hard and fast rules about it. One of the things we did have was a regular rule was that we had a date night about once a week, just on the couch, you know, we would pick up a nice dessert or have a glass of wine or something. And then we would say, okay, guys, it's date night off you go. That was less about the kids getting off sleep and getting to bed on time and more about just making sure because that was the one thing that we were really missing as our kids wanted to, to stay up with us. You know, as much as we value them staying up with us, we, we, we didn't want to do that every night. We wanted to know that once or maybe twice a week at the most, that we had an opportunity to sit and chat an hour or two to ourselves. Was that a set day each week that the kids could predict? Or was it almost like you said in the morning? Like, yeah, no, we would just say, okay, guys, we're gonna have a date okay. night tonight. You know, often it would be a Friday or something like that when Albert didn't have to, you know, get up to work the next morning or whatever. But it wasn't necessarily an established okay. fact. Yeah. Right. On this topic, I think it's important to, to bring this up. This isn't about bedtime, but, but it is about time to talk and time to chat and whatnot. Is that years ago when our boys started playing soccer, actually, we, we recognize that your husband goes away and he works or whether he's working at home or whatever, that every Saturday could be cut. Well, Saturdays were kind of our work day, right? Because Sundays were special and we went, you know, got ready for mass and went to mass and had a family dinner and whatever. Sunday, uh, Saturdays could just get lost in the shuffle in the sense of just being a work day all the time, right? Like a person could work all the time, right? You know what it's like running a household, right? There's endless things to do. And even now with only, you know, Lydia and Noah at home, I, I could be kept busy doing things all day long if I wanted to, you know, like organizing this basement room or, or you know, whatever. There's endless things to do. And when you have a bunch of kids at home, you can't really keep up on all that there is to do. And you have to make a decision. Date night for us was one of those decisions. You know, this is important. It's important for us to have that time on our own. And so the kids, okay, guys, off to bed. And even if they grumbled, they knew it was really important for us. You know, they were old enough to recognize that this is a really good and beautiful thing that their parents want to have a date night. We also started, we instituted coffee time. Coffee time was just Saturday morning. We generally went to a later mass, so usually Sunday mornings as well, where we would just have coffee time. And so as the kids got older and they started driving and their friends got older, people would come over to our house for coffee time. And, and that just, it, it was an established thing that this is what we do. Right. So people would say, hey, can we join you for coffee time on Saturday? You know, that kind of thing. And it was just so important to carve out that couple of hours and not just think, OK, it's Saturday. It's work day. We just have to spend all our time doing work. 
when the pandemic started, of course, coffee time is now a daily thing because Albert was working from home and now he's retired. We we have coffee time, you know, every morning. And sometimes it's just the two of us and sometimes Lydia's with us or Lydia and Noah are with us or whatever. But it's one of those things that when the kids are home, coffee time is a, it's an institution. So say our kids are visiting from back East that they come, that they know that coffee time is something we're going to do every morning. And okay, what time's coffee time tomorrow? Oh, it's at eight or nine or whatever we determine. Okay, we'll be there. It's just become such an important part of our life to set aside time. Taking that, going back to the conversation of teens in the evening, that yes, you're tired. You know, yes, this is a, might be challenging sometimes. You will never regret having taken that time. So in terms of the expectations as a family you have to determine that okay we need you guys to be sort of heading off to bed by nine you know you can read in your rooms for a while if you want or whatever but I'm really tired or you're pregnant you know I when I was pregnant I'd be in bed at 8 30 or 9 every night because I was so tired so the kids have to know that but just the fact even if they only get a half an hour to sit and chit chat with you it's so vital to make that time for your family to to talk about funny things or important things or spiritual things or, or whatever it is. And even sometimes to bust into an argument, you know, like sometimes you got to work through things as well. And, and that happens too. That happened lots of times. And, you know, just wrestling with personalities, wrestling with life, wrestling with decisions, but you would never look back on your life. I guarantee it as an older person and think, why did I let my kids stay up and uh, chit chat with us at night? You know, you just, it's gone so fast. My oldest is only 11. Um, and, the next one is eight. And so they're, they're trying to push to stay up later. Um, and sort of the compromise, if you can even call it a compromise to that was, um, I read a little bit of a book that they've picked out loud to them. My three boys share a room. Um, and so they'll all go up and one will get to stay down and I'll read to him, you know, and sometimes it's not even a chapter. Sometimes it's four pages, you know, and then he'll go up and send down the other brother, (laughs) you know, so it's like they each kind of get individual time that something special. And that's kind of a nice transition into those teen years you know, when they just get to stay up and chit chat with you, because, you know, you're cha- kind of changing things up. And I think there's always some discussion. It's such a beautiful thing, right, to say, okay, what could we do? You know, I need to be in bed by 930. And I need a chance to talk to dad first, or I need to be in bed by whatever. You know, how can we make this work? And just the very fact that you bring them mm-hmm. into that discussion and, and solicit their ideas from them, just means so much to kids, I think, you know, that that it's not just like, we said this, and therefore, you know, this, they're part of their growing up, they're part of the decision making, you know, like the same way, you know, I've talked a lot about education, that, you know, as they get older, include them in the decisions you're making about what you're going to study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a really nice way to transition too. So I think that would help our listener because, um, because your kids are around the same age. So The other thing is, you know, like when it's bedtime for my kids, it's the time where, you know, like I've, I've had kid interaction all day. I've heard about the favorite Pokemon card or, you know, seen the, the goofy, uh, today it was a version of Calvin and Hobbes comic strip that my kids tried drawing, you know, it's like all all day is this very boy kid stuff. Um, And then, you know, like, I just, I feel a very deep need for 
um, spiritual conversation and, you know, talking about moral and ethical issues with my spouse. And it's just stuff that my, even my older kids don't need to be, you know, hearing yet, you know, like I want them to be kids Yeah. kind of for, I don't want them to worry about adult things before they're ready or before they need to. It, it is, it can be difficult to kind of, I guess, set aside your own needs to help. Mm-hmm. Because we do do that all day yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I think one of the things too that, that I valued about the kids getting older was that they were actually talking about and wanting to talk about the really interesting things that felt more like a stimulating as an adult mm-hmm. to talk yeah. about. Right. And, you know, even things that they were studying that they wanted to sort of share, you know, Oh, I read this in my, you know, theology book or my history book or whatever. And, and uh, what do you guys think of that? And, and that was, it was much more stimulating to have those kinds of conversations, mm-hmm. right? Because it, for the most part, and I mean, I'm very entertained by young children and their antics, right? It, you know, but when it, when it's all day, it does sort of wear you down because, uh, because even if it's funny or, or charming or silly or whatever, it still can um, kind of be tiring. Yeah. Those kinds of conversations were much more, kind of nurturing to all the adults, right? Or feeding all the adults, you know, to be able to sort of talk about the the big things. Right. So. Yeah. It'll it'll be exciting when my kids can can do that. <laughs> it is. It really is. And sometimes they do it in pairs too. Like you've got your oldest is a few years older than your next. But sometimes that sort of that transition happens in pairs, like two siblings that are quite close together in age mm-hmm. or in interests or whatever. And and so they're you know, kind of come together, which is makes that transition sometimes a little easier because say, for example, two daughters are a couple of years apart and they like the next one down is then quite a bit younger. And so for them, because they're both girls and whatever, so the transition times and there's other transitions of course that happen, but you know, okay, the two of them can sort of come into this together. It's kind of exciting too, right? Unless you have more to yeah. say on that topic, I have, yeah. um, uh, it's, it's a quote. It's more than a quote. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's the, I sent you that link did kind of a, I guess a crude, yeah, that um, was really lovely transcript yeah. of it. Um, and I'd love to read it if you're cool with that. Yeah, please do. And, and maybe we can link that in the show notes as well. It was a, video that was put up on Facebook, right? Uh, about kind of our role as parents. Yeah. And I think the um, person that was speaking is Dr. Russell Barkley. Although I didn't research into that. I know sometimes Facebook shares um, incorrect information, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and so, but what he said, regardless of, of, you know, I, I don't know him. I've never heard of him. He might be super famous, but you know, I'm kind of out of the loop of things, but uh, but what he said was really, really beautiful. So yeah, if you could read it, that'd be terrific. awesome. Okay. So he said, your child is born with more than 400 psychological traits that will emerge as they mature and they have nothing to do with you. So the idea that you are going to engineer their personalities and IQ and academic achievement skills and all these other things just isn't true. Your child is not a blank slate on which you get to write the better view is that your child is a genetic mosaic of your extended family, 
which means this is a unique combination of traits that run in your family line. You are a shepherd. You do not design a sheep. You are not an engineer. You are a shepherd to a unique individual. Shepherds are powerful people. They pick the pastures in which the sheep will graze, develop, and grow. They determine if they are properly nourished, whether they are protected from harm. The environment is important, but it doesn't design the sheep. This is really lovely. It's just such a great uh, image and reminder of of what our task is. You know, it's funny because just today, just moments after you sent me that and I, I watched it, it's really short. So if we if we could link it, that would be great. It's only maybe a, a minute or so long, right? I read this, something came up, right. a quote from somebody on homeschool homeschooling and it said, when we think about homeschooling, we, we think a lot about the schooling part. The important part is the home part. <laughs> and I thought, you know, it's so true yeah. and it really yeah. hearkened to this uh what this fellow was saying as well, that we're, we, we take too seriously our role in a sense. I mean, our role is very serious, but we take too seriously our, the influence that we have in terms of having our kids be or act a certain way outcome, I guess, sort of outcome based uh, ideology. And, and not that any of us go in and think, you know, we're not thinking, I want my kid to be X for the most part, but we, we do get caught up into, they are behaving in a way that I don't uh, think is, is right or good or, or, uh, and I have to control that behavior, right? His word would be engineer that behavior. No, you know, to, right. to be able to mm -hmm. tell your child, what what is appropriate behavior or what is triggering me about this behavior is it actually a, a behavior that's a problem uh, or am i just feeling embarrassed because of of what they're saying or what they're doing if the behavior is a problem what is the problem right and for us to be able to think about that and think about okay how can we talk to our child or form our child or spend time with our child in such a way that that behavior is either ceases to trigger me right or we can deal with it in some in some appropriate way but yeah it's it's just such it was such a great reminder is that we we are not sort of in charge of how they turn out in a sense we we are in charge of providing the beautiful environment for them right and it's going to be a fallible environment for sure but it's but it's that's our task and so that imagery that he used about, you know, they, they find the pastures, uh, that what a beautiful way to think, okay, how can I create this environment in my home to be the place where they're well nourished, both emotionally, spiritually, physically, uh, and also the things that we do outside of our home, what can I provide for them that, that, um, will help me accomplish, uh, a rich, spiritual emotional physical life for my child right it was just it was yeah it was great imagery the yeah. reason the video caught me so much initially was just the fact that your child is born with more than 400 psychological traits that will emerge as they mature because i think yeah just me yeah. most parents try and push kids you know to certain levels of education or you know um skills, whatever it may be. And, and I think you've mentioned this before, some kids just that maturity hasn't hit yet. 
And so they really aren't capable of accomplishing this specific task or skill because that part of their brain Mm -hmm. just, yeah, hasn't matured yet. And, and just thinking about my own children, yeah, reflecting on that more just helps me to step back a little bit and adjust my approach. And, you know, I can even look, you know, with five kids, how different each of them are with mostly the same parenting. You know, my husband and I have matured as we parent. And that's the natural way of things, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, even, um, even when we think about like our kids get older and we realize like the first time you have an adult, suddenly there's just this big wake up, even though you've heard it over and over again, there's this big wake up is like, you know what? It doesn't matter how much I, that was not my approach, but you know, how much I guilted them or how much I, I um, enticed them or whatever to do the things I would prefer that they do. They're an adult Mm -hmm. and they get to choose and I can try to influence them. And there are ways that I think we can very positively influence Mm -hmm. our kids. And then there are ways that are less positive and they're bad for relationships, you know, like sort of carrot and stick when they're, when they're Mm -hmm. adults, that's just demeaning, right? There's this wake up is that I thought I was kind of the, the guide or the, you know, whatever. And suddenly, boom, you're not. And they, they could move out. They could get a job. They could get their own apartment, you know, and, and you have no legal standing on which to stop them. It's a, it's really eye opening (laughs) to suddenly be there. Because I remember, I remember this distinctly have this conversation years ago when I only had small kids with friends like, oh, you know, we would never let our kids go to that university because it's too liberal and we wouldn't let our kids do this. Well, by the time they go to to university, it's not your call. And so you might say, hey, you know, have you considered the fact that you might be more spiritually fed if you chose this place Mm -hmm. or this place? You know, would you think about and And if you have a good relationship with them, they're more likely to consider your your advisement, right? If you don't have a great relationship with them, they don't care at all what you think or say. (laughs) But it's, excuse me, but it's one of those things that, our kids did things and they weren't bad things, but they did choose. And I say our meaning, you know, sort of our community, lots of the kids chose to do things that we as parents years ago thought, Oh, we would never let our kids do that. Well, yeah, they went to the local university and yeah, they went to the local college and yeah, they got a job here or there. And it was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I didn't really have any say. (laughs) We might've said, you know, this may not be the best uh, spiritual situation for you. Um, but we have to respect the choices they make anyway. It's a remarkable thing. And it's a, it's an unbelievably yeah. short time. You know, the other, <laughs> the other day I was listening to the uh, 1970s radio station on, uh, I was just driving somewhere. I was by myself. I was listening to a 1970s radio yeah. station. You think 70s, mm-hmm. like 70s, that was the 70s. It was short. Uh, my childhood was the 70s. And a song came on, it was in 1970. Right. And I thought, oh, wow, I was I was uh, seven years old. I listened to the song and then the next song that played was 1979. And I was thinking about that song and and I thought, wait a sec, I was 16. I was 16 then. So I went from being a little kid over the course of the 70s to an almost adult. It's so short. It's so short. And as parents, you know, we just we just are so in the thick of it that it feels like everything is going to last forever that we're experiencing right now. Well, I'm still of the mindset that 2003 was, you know, eight years ago. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a weird yeah. feeling, isn't it? There, the older you get, the weirder one of, it is. One of my favorite movies um, happened to be Titanic because I really like um, historical fiction. Um, and so just to me, the history, anyway, um, and that came out in 98. And so it like, it still feels like, no, that was just, that wasn't that long ago. And it's like, what, 25 yeah. years, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> 25 Crazy. years ago. So <laughs> time flies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I think ah, I can't. I might have said this on the previous podcast episode, but I put put this up on Instagram today because I thought it was so funny. So my grandson was over the other day, and we were talking about age, and and he asked me how old I was. I said fifty nine. I said I'm going to be sixty this year, and he was also oh, you should last <laughs> Did see that? It was so funny, so excellent. But you know, I've been thinking about it. Like age has never bothered me, and it doesn't bother me to be sixty or eighty or you know I don't know. I mean, I'm not eighty, so I wouldn't know. But yeah. but age has never bothered me, and sixty is not bothering me. But it was one of these things that I thought, wow, you know, like like the things that I want to do as, you know, a retired couple, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to need to do those in the next, you know, 10 or 15 years. Cause probably by the time we're 80, we're going to be slowing down and not wanting to, to, you know, travel or do projects or whatever, like we will now. Right. You know, and it's, it's so short. It's such a short time. Look how much the last 15, 10, 15 years has gone by so fast. Mm -hmm. And I asked my dad one time, like what, I said, does time slow down? Like when you retire and the kids are out of the house and he goes, oh my gosh, no, just goes faster and faster every year. And I thought, shoot, yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping it would slow down. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't. So it was yeah. one of those funny things that even though he said it, it was, I got such a kick out of it. I thought, wow, you know, right. 20 years is a short time. It is. Yeah. And then of course you go through those seasons where it feels like it takes forever. Yeah. Like pregnancy. My son, the other day we were driving in the car, we were coming home from having gone, I don't know if it was piano lessons or something. And he goes, you know, the drive home always feels a lot shorter than the drive to someplace. Uh, yeah. And, and it's that? something I've always yeah. paid attention to <laughs> as well. And I think it's, you're anticipating, you're probably excited to get somewhere. Right. And it feels like you're never going to get there. And then you're there and you do your thing. Yeah, maybe. And then it's just going home, you know? Yeah, and you're not thinking about the thing you're going to do. You're kind of just, your mind's just sort of meandering, yeah. too, on your way home. So maybe just that sort of, you know, lost in thought right. while you're driving Or the, the familiarity, right? The like, oh, I've seen all this before because yeah. I already went this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great quote. Great uh, little video. So was there another question? I don't currently. I will have more about okay. older kids, but I need to formulate them a little better. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, this will be interesting because you're sort of heading into that season. And I would definitely like to spend this podcast mm -hmm. season talking more about, you know, the direction that we're going. Right. Uh, you know, so we've already done a couple of podcasts that that start to address that. And I think that we, we need to be thinking that we need to be thinking about, you know, where, where do we go from mm -hmm. here? Because from this point forward, you know, again, going back to the time thing from this point forward, you know, it's warp right. speed. 
right? And suddenly they're moving out of the house. And for me, I thought because I had my kids over 19 years, youngest to oldest, I thought that the that would be slow and right. it wasn't slow. You know, I remember somebody saying to me, they had five kids and they, they were out of the house all, seemed like all, you know, in the course of five or six years, they were all gone, but they were all really yeah. close together. And I thought, oh, well, it won't be like that for me, but it still feels yeah. like that for me. <laughs> I know I've, I've thought about how weird it's going to be when my oldest, you know, leaves home and there's just the four or if God willing, there's any more, you know, like to be without yeah. the oldest who paved this path, you know, for the siblings. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be weird. Yeah. It is weird. And they kind of come back and forth for a while, which is an interesting transition. Of course, we know this happens because most of us did that ourselves. You know, they go to college, they're home for the summer, they take a gap year, they, you know, whatever, they're kind of back and forth for a while. And really, we found until they're married, uh, or in their vocation that that you just don't really know you know, when they're going to be back. Cause for most of us, we wouldn't turn them away unless we, we had to, for some reason we had to downsize or something like that. Yeah. But you know, we, we enjoy having them back. It's a, it's a, a nice time for us to have them back. Um, for me, that really hit the girls all went off to college one year at the same time. So they'd been back and forth. Like one would be gone. Then one was home for gap year. Then another one was gone and one was home for the gap year and one was still in high school. And so there was sort of this back and forth. There was always one of my older girls, mm-hmm at home. And then one year they all went off to college and university together, like not to the same places, but all at the same time. And I sat down at my table and, and it just felt like the end of an era that, and it was the end of an era, you know, in reality, uh, you know, but you know, I had a good cry at supper time and it's like, wow, this just feels so small and so different, you know? Right. Yeah. It's lovely though. It is lovely. It has its lovely things. I feel like there's all change takes getting used to. Yeah. And you know, every few years there's a change. I mean, every time a baby comes into your life, Mm -hmm. it's a change. Every time somebody leaves, it's a change. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, we have to adapt. Mm -hmm. We're going to be very good at change, Elizabeth. By the time (laughs) we're old, we'll be very, very good at it. (laughs) I hope so. I need the help there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. Uh, Should we call that a wrap? Yes. Okay. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye.